It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. I'm Stacy Parkinson. And I'm Stacey Trusenko. Thank you for joining us this morning on November 9th. We are doing a rerun this morning because we are unable to do our regular podcast. And we hope you enjoy this podcast from season one. How can I be happy in heaven if my kids are in hell? We just thought we'd start the whole thing off getting it out there. Yes. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a good one. You'll enjoy it. We want to talk today about a very real fear that we have as mothers, and we think you probably have as well, a fear that I don't hear articulated very often and a fear that gets right at the very core of, of who we are as mothers. Um, and it is a paralyzing fear for me that goes beyond any seatbelt laws or medications or um, anything we do for the health of our children, it's the spiritual well-being of our children. And I'm just going to say it. I have this paralyzing fear of my children not going to heaven, and I don't understand how I can ever be happy in heaven for all eternity if I know my children aren't there too, if I know my children are suffering in hell for all eternity. And that fear, that I mean, that if we believe in the everlasting life and eternity, which is so much more than any temporal time we can think of in this life, it, it's the most important thing. And, mm. and I can't get my head around it. And um, I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Do you understand what I'm saying, Stacey? I, absolutely. So- <laughs> absolutely. And... I remember one time you told me you were about to take it to the extreme. Do you remember what you yes. said? <laughs> yes. And, th- and this and people, I'm kind of careful about saying this because people have looked at me funny when I say it, like you, you're a horrible person. But no. it, I have, you know, th- there have been several instances when I felt this way. But one of the most recent ones was. The first time when, so we, we've raised our children in the church. Like I, I have two older children before I converted. And, and then when I converted, I told God, you know, God, if you give me a second chance, I'm going to do, I'm going to try like everything to be a good Catholic mother. And the first time one of my children refused to go to mass, there was a panic. Um, th- there was, there was a fear because the church teaches that if you, don't go to a holy day of obligation. If you don't fulfill your mass obligation, it's a mortal sin. And if you die in a state of mortal sin, you go to hell. And in that moment, I just, and and I'm a very logical person, sometimes so logical, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) allowing for God's grace, but I'm just being honest about my feeling in that moment. In that moment, all I could think of is like, if you don't go to mass with us, 
you are going to be in a state of mortal sin. And, and, and if you die today, tomorrow, you can, it, that's it. Like I lose you forever. And in that moment, the fear that welled up inside of me, the panic, the utter panic, it was almost like watching your child almost jump off of a cliff, you know, like, like you're just, you're paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, saying to my husband, Jose, go get me that roll of duct tape because I'm going to duct tape this child up head to toe and we're going to put her in the car and we're going to pick her up and put her in the pew. And by golly, she may not like it. And everybody may think I'm a monster for using duct tape on my teenager, but she'll go to heaven. (laughs) And I I had that. I I of course didn't do that, but I'm being honest. I had that feeling in the moment because I so desperately love my children. I cannot imagine being happy in heaven if they're not there too. And it breaks my heart to even say that because I, I just don't know how to let go like that. Who, what mother would, I mean, you're right. This is something that we don't talk about, but I guarantee you every mother at one point in their lifetime has thought these thoughts because kids say things like that. Kids don't want to follow the rules. Kids start to rebel. I mean, that is part of them growing up and finding themselves and finding their way. And as parents, as mothers, we're like, wait, wait, what, what, what are you doing? You know, we want them to continue being our sweet little babies that we had control over. And then once they start taking control of their own lives, it's hard and it's scary. And But you know what, Stacy? when you say you're going to duct tape your kids to the pew, Hallelujah. You know what that says to me? It says, not on my watch, by golly. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do whatever it takes. I don't care how crazy or unconventional (laughs) it might be. As mothers, we have to do whatever it takes to protect our children. And, you know, I remember when my oldest was, uh, he slept in a bassinet right next to my bed (laughs) for many, many months. And then finally, it was time to put him in his baby bed in his own room. And he was crying. And for some reason, I had this image in my mind of him crawling up the side of that bed and falling out. And I could just see him hitting the floor. I mean, it was terrible. I just let fear grip me. And and I crawled in under that bed and I slept under his baby bed all night long. Now, I don't know if I thought I was going to catch him if he fell out or what. But you're there, though. I did. It's like, not on my watch. You're not going to fall out of that bed. So, I mean, we do things that, you know, hindsight, we're like, what was I thinking? But I, you do whatever it takes to protect your children. So that moment with not the, the, the refusal to go to mass, it, it's emblematic of so many things. I mean, one thing that really brought you and me together, Stacey, is that when we were talking in that bar that day, eating green beans and French fries and not drinking <laughs> beer because it's the middle of the day. <laughs> When we were talking about it, I realized here's another mother who's going through a lot of the things I'm going through with how to raise up our children and how to, at the same time, respect their free will and how to accept mm. that they're on their own journey. Yeah. I mean, between thir- between the both of us, we have 13 kids. Right. I mean, we obviously are going to experience the full gamut. I mean, kids face so much on a day-to-day basis, and it seems like I mean, so much more than what we, what I dealt with as a, as a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are facing life issues every day. Yeah. This is not our generation. This is a a different. And and so what we get, what we get afraid of is our kids being out there and trying to, 
you know, I, I am proud of the fact that my kids don't just say, okay, mom, everything you say, I believe. I'm never going to question it. I just have this total blind obedience and I'm never going to question it. I love the fact that they don't. But mm-hmm. I, I also am paralyzed by fear whenever one of them makes a choice that that I know isn't good for them. I'm paralyzed by fear. I don't want them to do that. And it's 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 a lot like the fear. You know, God gives us moments to learn from as parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and sometimes my my fear has actually damaged my relationship with my kids because it's become all about me. Don't do this so I don't have to fear. How can you do this to me? And that that just pushes them away. I've I've learned not to do that. But mm-hmm. it's a very mm-hmm. similar. I know we've both experienced the pain of miscarriage, which is a, a topic mm-hmm. for another show. But there right. was a parallel in my mind when I got my head around it and said, Stacy, you got to get a grip. It was the same feeling letting go of my teenagers and young adults as when I had five miscarriages. It was the same kind of helplessness. Like when I ha- when I knew I was having a miscarriage, Stacy, I, I, I honestly stood on my head because I mm. thought maybe gravity mm. would keep that baby inside me. <laughs> and, oh. and I, I mm. stood on my head and I, and I knew no matter what I do, this I can't stop this from happening. And I have to entrust that child to the mercy of God. And so what mm-hmm. I do now, it's been it's been a decade. What I do now is I, I pray for those five miscarried babies every day, just like I pray for my grown children. I pray yeah. for them all and I hope for a future in heaven with them all there. And and like you've said before, Stacy, God God loves them more than we do. Yeah, he does. He does. One of my biggest fears was when, you know, I was, I'm a, I'm a convert, but I was Protestant most of my life, Mm -hmm. you know, for the majority of my life. And, and as a Protestant, baptism is not a priority. It's not essential. We do it, but it's more of an outward expression of an inward commitment. It is not, um, it is not for salvation. And so when I came, came into the church, I mean, what a gut punch that was yeah. to feel like I had dropped the ball. But you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I taught what I knew, what I believed. But, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that um, it talks about, is this thing in my right hand a lie? And I always thought about that because it's in my right hand. It's, it's so close to me. It's something that is a part of me. And I believed for so long that I never even thought to question. Yeah. So as a Protestant, I didn't think to question that. Mm-hmm. But then when I come into the church, into the fullness of the truth, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what a horrible thing to drop the ball on. What a horrible thing to not know. But do you know what? I When my kids were little, when my kids were little, I always prayed for God to protect them but I prayed for God to protect them from me <laughs> because I knew there were things I didn't know. And I have to believe that God is still protecting them from me and mm-hmm. anything that I didn't know, anything that I failed to teach them. And but but that is, you know, that was something that absolutely took my breath away mm-hmm. when I realized how important baptism is. That is it's a sacrament. It's mm-hmm. essential. Um, so, you know, there are just, uh, like I said, a lot of Protestants that come into the church and I know I'm not the only one no, that no. felt that way. No, we're both converts, which is another reason we connected so much. I mean, we were both raised Baptist and I, and I love the Baptist, 
um, mm-hmm. I'm back home among them. And, you know, I, I see all kinds of ways I, I, for reasons that I love them that I never appreciated before. But I, but mm-hmm. I, I left the faith altogether and then became Catholic later in life. And, and I totally know what you're saying, Stacey. And I think that's something pe- that, that Catholics don't talk about a lot. The, the fears of just converts when we become Catholic Man, Catholicism is serious. There, there are, there's no like relativism or subjectivism. I didn't even know what those words were. I I remember baptism was a sticker for me, just like you were saying. I was, I remember be, I did do this in the hospital, just to give you a third really crazy idea I had. (laughs) When I'm in the duck, you know, (laughs) duck head standing on my head. No, but when I'm in the hospital, I love it. it. You are doing whatever it takes. I am. Like if baptism is the most, if baptism assures that your child is going to go to heaven, I was in the hospital and I'm looking at Jose holding our newborn. I'm like, if the child needs to be baptized, this was after a after miscarriages when I couldn't baptize the babies and I was freaking out. Like how I just want to know they're in heaven. I want to baptize them so I know they're in heaven. As soon as that baby was born, I'm like, let's baptize this baby. This baby's out of my body. Now we get some water and we baptize the baby. Call the priest right now. We can't even take the baby home from the hospital without the nurses giving us yet another lesson on how to strap them into the car seat properly because they could have a wreck and die on the way home from the hospital. Why isn't the Catholic priest here in this room baptizing this baby right now? Go get me some water out of the sink and I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) Then I'll know this baby's going to heaven. (laughs) <laughs> and, right. and like that kind of desperation and I've asked priests about it and they're like you have to trust God more and I'm like but why yeah. <laughs> <If> I know- <laughs> that's right With, you know there's so many again as mothers we wish we could control everything I think mothers have control issues <laughs> if I tell me to do it I'm but, gonna do it just give yeah, me the water yeah. <laughs> but but I think that you know Yes, we want to control everything, but we have to, like you said, trust them to God and and understand that we can't control them. And for the rest of their life, they have to make those decisions to draw closer and to seek the Lord and to, I mean, there's so many, there's so many decisions day to day, every day, this day I choose to serve God this day. We do that too. I mean, we are literally walking this thing out we call life. Yes. I love it when you say that. I think of that so many times, Stacey. Walk it out. Walk it out. Like like our mom used to say, walk it off. It's like, no, you can't walk it off. You just got to walk through it. That's right. That's right. And and we don't walk through it alone. Right. We're, We're not alone. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. We are not alone. And even though, you know, we feel like we are fighting this thing on our own, we're not. The enemy would love for us to feel isolated and alone, but we are not. You are not alone. God is with you. And feel like failures. Yes, yes. Because, like I said, the guilt of not doing it right, not teaching them the right thing, or if I only knew then what I know now, (laughs) right? But I guarantee you, on the day you were formed in your mother's womb, God placed on the inside of you everything you needed to be a mother to the children he knew you would have. And that's why your prayers are so powerful for your children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the truth is God loves us and God is there with us and God loves our children. We really have a strong desire on our hearts to to be a source of encouragement for other women, mm-hmm. to make it a yeah. safe place for moms to talk about these kinds of fears. And then to go beyond that, 
which we'll talk about in the next segment, to, to find that hope again. Yes. Our scripture reflection for this week is Isaiah 26.3. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. Perfect peace. Isn't that what we all want? But how do we get it? We keep our minds stayed on God. What does that look like? It could be reading the word, praying, saying your rosary, going to mass, keeping your mind stayed on him, focusing on him, praying to him, having conversations throughout the day. As you keep your mind focused on God and what you focus on grows, the bigger he's going to get. He's going to get bigger than your Goliath. He's going to get bigger than your issues. And as he, as you keep your mind stayed on him, he's going to start re- revealing himself to you. He's going to show you that he is your rock and your fortress and your stronghold, that he's the creator, but he's your heavenly Abba Father. He's going to show you that he is worthy of your praise. He's your healer. He's your protector. He's your provider. He's going to reveal himself to you and how much he loves you. And as he does this, you're going to trust him. And you're going to be able to trust him in the midst of the storms that come. You're going to have that peace as he reveals himself to you, as you keep your mind stayed on him and he reveals himself to you and you have that trust in him, you're going to have that perfect peace. And it reminds me of the story where there was a man, two men, one man built his house on the rock and one man built his house on the sand. The same storm hit both houses. But the man that built his house on the rock, his house stood firm. The man that built his house on the sand, it fell. And the Bible tells us that its fall was great. So we're not saying that if you do the parenting ABCs, everything's going to be perfect. And we're not saying that if you keep your mind stayed on God, there's never going to be a storm. But when the storm hits, you can have that perfect peace because you've kept your mind stayed on God and you trust Him in the midst of Amen. So we were talking about managing our fears and how to how do we prevent fear from paralyzing us? And it seems like a cliche to say, well, just pray about it. I mean, we don't want to be talking Christian news right. here and say, oh, this too shall pass, you know, which is true. I mean, it's Bear true. your cross. Right, right. Bear your cross. But I mean, and and it's all true, but but sometimes we think it's kind of flippant to say that to somebody mm-hmm. who's really struggling and in the moment. I mean, really. So how do we really, how do we walk this out? How do we manage our fears? How do we prevent our fears from getting bigger than the truth? You know, I always say to people, don't let your Goliath get bigger than God, (laughs) because what you focus on grows, right? So if you are focusing on, I read a scripture the other day that said, if you seek evil, evil will find you. Yeah, It's in Proverbs. Mm. So you know, what do we focus on? What is our focus? Is it on those fears? And it is so easy to focus on fear, Mm -hmm. but that's what the enemy wants us to do because he wants those fears to grow and grow and grow to the point where we can't hear God saying, Hey, I'm right here and I got you. One of the scriptures that I love is in Isaiah 41, uh, 41 10. And it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. There are a lot of I wills in there. And if we can focus on what God will do instead of what we are afraid is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we we sat there and I remember, I remember I used to, I used to do the dishes when I would get upset or when <laughs> I would be mad. And I mean, I'm sitting there and whatever my situation was, whatever that issue that I was having at that time was growing and growing. And I like to call it wallering. Anybody <laughs> knows what that means? I was wallering all in it and I'm yeah. washing those dishes and I am fuming. I'm fuming and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can't hear God at all because what I was focusing on outgrew. It got bigger than the truth. It got bigger than God. And so, so I think one of the ways, and that's not the only way, of course, but one of the ways that we can manage our fears is to stay focused on God and not let our fears Mm -hmm. just take over. Yeah. And, and I have a a visual from my firstborn child who's, um, in her 30s now, and um, we, we're very close. She's a wonderful mother of five children. But Aww. when she was going through some struggles, the mother I was at that time, so I was younger then too, a younger mother. It's my firstborn. And um, and unfortunately, she had to deal with me <laughs> at being the first time mother all through her life. But um, <laughs> but I had a, when she was going through some things that was causing me a lot of fear, Every time she would call me just to talk to her mother, all I could do was start preaching to her and start mm-hmm. crying and screaming and, and but this and you're going to get hurt. And, and like, it's like I'm looking at you driving a car 75 miles mm-hmm. an hour into a brick wall and I'm screaming at you to stop. And I, I can't just have a conversation with you when I'm afraid <laughs> you're going to die. And but what happened, it was exactly like you were saying, Stacy. that was Satan because Eventually, I got it in my head. I think a therapist told me, like, all you're doing is driving her away. And what she needs is to talk to you. And I said to that therapist, I'm like, you're asking me to sit on the front porch on the porch swing and just have a conversation with her when the house is burning down. Like, yes, right. right. That's a great analogy. You you want me to sit on the porch while the house is burning down. And I thought about that. And I'm like, no, Satan wants me to think the house is burning down. Satan Mm, wants me to focus on the burning house, so I won't sit on that porch. And and that focus on her. That helped me to calm my. Every time I felt like the Mm -hmm. house was burning down and I wanted to preach at her, I shut it down, took a deep breath, and I made myself just say, "Tell me about your day." I learned to just listen, and I'm sorry she had to go through that with me, but. I'm in my 50s now looking back on her life. She found her way through it. And the things she struggled with have absolutely made her stronger. And I have to remind myself, my own mom was paralyzed by fear at my choices when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. made it through, too. And I know my parents prayed for me every day. And my daughter knows I prayed for her. And I, I've really learned now with my other kids, anytime I feel like the house is burning down, I just shut my mouth. And sit on the porch swing and just swing. <laughs> yes, yes. How, I'm sure that most, a lot of mothers out there have a lot of teeth marks in their tongues. <laughs> I mean, I have had to bite my tongue so many times. Where she was and what she went through and how she grew and how she got stronger. God took those struggles and created a beautiful 
story, a testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and that's kind of as Protestants, I, we always said, tell me your testimony. But it is, it's our story. It's how God took us from point A to point B, how he saved us, how he protected us, how he taught us lessons, what the things we learned as we drew closer to him. It's it's our story. It's how we traveled these, <laughs> navigated these 50 years. The thing that gives us hope is knowing that God is going to take this. And this is not Christianese. This is true because I've (laughs) seen it. I've seen it in my life. And it may sound like it, but it's not a promise. He will take these choices that you and I have made that aren't good, the ones that our kids are making that aren't good, and he will use it to build a beautiful story that somebody is going to need to hear someday. Yeah, Yeah, and I I believe that. I mean, my, my daughter is one of the most understanding, calm. I mean, I'm going to cry when I say this, but but she's everything I hope I can be as a mother. My new refound friend, Stacy, is a hoot. <laughs> so we're going to help you if you, whether you're a convert or not, we're going to help you with some big Catholic words. Okay. Well, when I was going through RCIA, I came home one night and my husband asked me, he said, Stacy, how did how did RCIA go tonight? And I said, oh, it, it went OK. It was really geared towards the concubines this time. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, what? You mean the catechumens? <laughs> because nobody, I, nobody walks around using that word outside no. of Catholicism. Like I had never heard that word, catechumen. Had, what, catechumen. what does catechumen I, mean? It's the ones that are going to be baptized when they come into the church. So yeah. the candidates are the ones that have been baptized and the catechumens are the ones that are getting baptized. And um, why I associated <laughs> concubine with it, I have no idea. <laughs> and I, I don't think we need to cover what concubine means, but no, it, no. you can look that up if you're not sure. I wish I could have seen Pat's face when he said that. <laughs> Did he laugh? You know, I think Pat, he just kind of <laughs> shakes his head at me. <laughs> this is Stacy Tresenkos. And this is Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>